Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Sacred Resistance Podcast. This is episode number 48 and today we had on Sunit um, from the Holy Life Podcast and uh, Sunit Speaks on Instagram I believe she is. Yep, that's her name. Yeah, and uh, really cool, really cool person, really uh, uh, really good voice. Um, she kind of started out, actually she started out like in the pharmaceutical industry and uh, had a complete 180 and is now like... Uh, speaking out and an activist total activist um online social media legend um everybody around here who is on social media knows who Sunit is and she's got a voice for the voiceless um she's a professional Justin Trudeau troller on on Twitter gotta love that uh and she's just great for a good laugh uh she's very well educated very knowledgeable um yeah like Jamie said she went from the pharmaceutical industry to more of a holistic lifestyle, thus the name of her podcast, The Holy Life. Um, she's just an incredible woman who isn't afraid to speak up, and she's lost friends over these matters that she talks about. But like, for most of us that are speaking out, it's like it comes down. It's like we don't care if we lose people at this point. We're here to to shake things up and to speak the truth. Yeah, we. I mean, we don't have much of a choice. You got to speak up. If you have a voice, you got to use it now. Now's the time. And she's using it, and it's great. Yeah, she's absolutely incredible. So if you don't follow her, her links will be in the show notes. Um, Sunit, it's a pleasure. It was a pleasure to have you on, and uh, we love what you're doing. Yeah. Love what you're using your voice, and thank you so much for taking the time. I know you are a busy, busy, busy woman. Yeah, yeah, she's very busy. And uh, yeah. Yeah, so have a listen. It's a great podcast. Great episode. Yeah. And we talk about everything. Yeah, we, we talk go about from everything. like um we t- we uh, she does an update about uh the lady who her son got medically kidnapped um because she was able to talk to, directly to the mama. Um we yeah. talk about the pharmaceutical industry, we talk about the health industry and she's also on a new project working with cancer, cancer research, actual research and actually funded research that's going to go towards yeah. cancer research and a cancer product not just what we know to be like a cancer charity like how it all the like how many millions of dollars have they raised for cancer charity and they still don't have a quote-unquote cure for cancer yeah exactly so all this all this pink washing cancer toting research that they do is actually for nothing but Sunit is working with a group of people that are actually doing the work and yeah. the money is going to what they say it's going to. So. Yeah, exactly. And like like you were saying, there's uh, there's kind of a big local case that happened recently where um, a mother got her child kidnapped from by the medical. It was a medical kidnapping because uh, she didn't like what they were doing in the hospital. Decided to take her kid out of there, and they issued an Amber Alert and like said it was insane. It was absolutely ridiculous. And Sunit was a big part of that case, so uh, we talk about that a little bit. Um, and the mom got her kid back, and the medical system can go shove it up their ass. And uh, it was the ministry, the government yeah. basically took Child Protective Services, took the baby, yeah. the three-year-old, and just because this mother was a total target. And, anyhow. and even talking about this just pisses me off. Like, these people need to be held accountable. Um, they called it a kidnapping. A mom didn't want a medical procedure done on her son at the hospital, so she said no. 
and they call it a goddamn kidnapping. How many kidnappings actually happen? And I've never had an Amber Alert on my phone. And this time I get an Amber Alert, the system is corrupt, and we need to we need to expose it. And it just goes to show anybody who's questioning the system, and even even if you're not anti-vax, but you're questioning this vaccine, you're targeted now. Like you have a target on your back, and they want our kids. Yeah. That's basically what it is. Yeah. So. If you don't, if you don't smell the bullshit, it's time to start sniffing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, Sunit, yeah. thank you for being thank on the you, show. <laughs> we loved having you. You're awesome, and keep on doing what you're doing because it's making a huge difference. Absolutely. You keep that voice, keep that voice loud and proud. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We love you. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. The sacred resistance. Hey everybody, one quick thing before you start listening to this episode. I just wanted to remind you that our store is up and running and we have some great new shirts. Um, some, I don't co-parent with the government, freedom over fear, um, some good little kid shirts that say uh, wild and free. And we have a few more that are coming down the pipeline. So please make sure to check out the website. It will be in our show notes. Yeah, uh, put on some swag and represent. We got some good stuff. And yeah. uh, you can tell the world what you think. Totally. And not to mention our Sacred Resistance logo, which the logo, in our opinion, is, is pretty badass. awesome. Yeah, we love a, it. Yeah, totally. So look cool and speak your mind at the same time. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So thanks for being here, guys. We love you and enjoy the episode. We love y'all. <laughs> sure. Okay. So, yeah. So you kind of nailed it. I, you know, I, I think... My, my undergraduate degree was in the health sciences. So I've always been interested in health and wellness. Um, I was a competitive gymnast when I was younger. And so sports and fitness and health, that just kind of was a big part of my life. Plus, I was raised in an Indian home. So my mom always reached for more holistic type of remedies, you know, if we were sick wow. or whatever, we didn't really use medicine in our home a lot. So that is kind of how I grew up. And then I went and got my, you know, health sciences undergraduate degree. And I did a lot of work kind of in that field of um, like athletic therapy, personal training, nutrition. Uh, I worked with some Olympic athletes back in the early 2000s as well, like doing, um, you know, exercise physiology, helping them prep for the Olympics, things like that. Wow. So that was like a really big part of my life for a long time. And then I took a little bit of a break from the health and fitness world and just went into doing some other things. And then um, I ended up getting what I guess a lot of people would call call a dream job in the pharmaceutical industry. And that was in, I think I, when did I start? 2007 is when I started that job. And at the time, it really was a dream job. Like, it's like you get this really intensive training so that you can then go in and chat with medical doctors about yeah. your drugs, right? And educate them. Like, you're primarily how they get their information about all the new drugs that come out. It pays really well. You, it's just like, I don't know if you guys have heard the latest um, episode with uh, Joe Rogan. He had somebody on who also used to work in the pharmaceutical industry. And I, I haven't listened to it, but I saw that one. Yeah. And I'm just like nodding along, yeah. you know, the whole time he's talking because 
it's so true. Everything he says in there, like you work in that industry, you start to kind of see how things work behind the scenes, but nobody you work with is a bad person. Right. Like right. Uh, we're all the same, right? We're all kind of like young. We like to have fun. We've got, you know, we're, we've got company cars and your company computer and you have an expense account to wine and dine the doctors and put on educational yeah. events and you're learning so much and you just think, well, this is a sweet job. Yeah. Yeah. And then slowly I started to realize that my lifestyle and what I was seeing happening in the industry, like, I don't know if I just got more mature, like that was kind of in my early thirties. I started maturing a little bit. I, I had kids. I started paying a little bit more attention to how we were being taught to talk to the doctors, like, right. you know, using certain language and, you know, honing in on the high volume uh, doctors. And right. it just started to feel not, not aligned. Let's put it that way. Like, I right. just started to feel like, oh, this is kind of, I don't know if this is really like what I want to be doing anymore. Right. But it's really hard to say goodbye. And I was just a little person, right. I wasn't like super high up in the company or anything. I, I was, I held a bunch of different positions, like managerial education roles, uh, sales rep role, but you know, you, you're not super high up, but you start to see some of the indoctrination, I guess, totally. yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. And so I kind of got there slowly, right? And then um, my dad was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer in 2015. And that is when I really like, now I'm a patient, right? I'm a patient's family. Yeah. And I'm having to talk to the doctors about my dad. I actually took time off my job. Like I was like a, you know, climbing the corporate ladder type a kind of girl mm -hmm. and i never wanted to take time off work like i was working on vacation i was constantly checking my email i loved my job but i had started to have this feeling of like i don't know if this is fully aligned like you know just that feeling like is there something else out there for me then boom my dad gets diagnosed with brain cancer and I start kind of seeing things from the other side. I'm reading research on the treatments they're giving him. I realize there's really nothing we can do to help him. Like his, his type of cancer is terminal. Right. Almost everyone dies pretty quickly after they're diagnosed with it. Um, but that's when I started going back to what I used to be into, like the holistic stuff and how I was raised and, you know, diet and essential oils. And I just started going down all these rabbit holes of like different things that we might be able to do to help my dad right. and started, you know, reading the research around those things and realizing, okay, there's a lot more here that we could be doing, but the doctors were not interested. They didn't um, want to hear about like, you know, I would say, can we talk about his diet? They're like, diet doesn't matter. Yeah, it's so it's frustrating. And we know now that diet is huge. It matters so much, right? But you got a dad who believes in the system. Yeah. And his daughter's telling him, oh, dad, you should eat like this. And he's like, well, if I'm going to die anyway, I want to eat whatever I want. Yeah, yeah that, totally. So that really kind of, I guess that was, I've always been a little bit awake, right? Like, yeah. that, like you know, but yeah. I really started to wake up around that time. So that was like, in moving into the middle end of 2016, my dad's dying. I'm really starting to feel like I had, again, taken time off work to be with my family in Edmonton. Now I'm really starting to feel like 
I don't know if this is for me anymore. And I was getting so interested in the holistic side of things. So I just, yeah, I just picked up my, the phone one day and I called my boss and I quit my job. And I was like, you know, I know I'm off right now to be with my dad, but I'm not coming back. And it was really hard to do because, you know, I, I, I bashed the industry as a whole, but I really did love the people I worked with. I loved the company I worked for. It was a small privately family owned company. I really, you know, liked our drugs. I genuinely thought we were helping people and I made the best friendships too there and had the best mentors and coaches and managers. And I say all this just to remind people that there are human beings with good hearts that work for these companies, totally. right? They're, they're totally. not to, to blame for, uh, you know, all the bashing that I do and that we do collectively. It's not the little peons at the bottom, right? So yeah, exactly. for me, it was like, I said goodbye to that. And then that, you know, my dad died three weeks later. And then I decided that I was just going to go back to school and get more educated on the more holistic stuff. So I went back, got my functional nutrition practitioner certification. That took a couple of years. I got a life coaching certification. I became certified to be a meditation teacher, like just all the things that I'd always kind of suspected maybe could help my dad. And I just thought, well, you know, I can, uh, I go down a little bit of a different path now. And that's when I ended up launching my own podcast. My podcast has gone through so many iterations of names. Like, you know, it started off as Modern Mommy Prep School, where I was, you know, helping new moms. And then it was the High Vibe Life. And it's taken on a few of its own kind of, and, you know, now it's the Holy Life. But that is kind of my story. And once I left the industry, I just dove right into all the holistic stuff, helping moms, helping women just become more holistically healthy, like got into essential oils and learned all about diet and lifestyle and, you know, helped tons and tons of women co-authored on a couple books. And then I honestly never thought I'd go back to like a job working for someone else. Cause I've just been really loving that for the last yeah. six years. Yeah. Um, but recently I had an opportunity fall in my lap, um, with, uh, um, it's kind of a, a long story, but basically this man is a philanthropist and he is, in his words, helping to cure a lot of people from cancer when they've been told home to go home and die. Right. With a, a special concoction that he's come up with that includes the cannabis plant. So I have, um, you know, I ended up having one of the doctors who was, you know, working with him to help him get his medicine legitimized. He came on my podcast to talk about cannabis. Next thing you know, like we hit it off and we started chatting and um, they had this position available. They really want to see this man's vision through and have a new kind of charity that helps to raise money for cancer research so that we can get this medicine into people's hands and research it properly. And when he told me the first uh, trial they're going to be doing is going to be for glioblastoma, which was the cancer my dad died of. No way. No way. Yeah. So when he, wow. it came yeah. Full circle. Holy so cow. when he told me that, I was like, I have to be, I have to get involved with this, you know? Um, And he's like, he's like, we can't pay you like what big pharma paid you. And I'm like, that's okay. (laughs) Like, I just, I think I need to do this. You know, I need to like calling. Yeah. It felt like, oh, I, my husband was like, I thought you said you'd never go back to working for someone else. I'm like, I changed my mind. Yeah. Like that comes up. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just thought, you know what? I, I'm going to do it just to get it off the ground and, and see what it's all about and align myself with this. 
That's and cool. so, yeah, so I jumped into that, like just a little, but it's been two months now, actually. That's and, cool. you know, I'm still doing a little few little things on the side and stuff here, but that's primarily, you know, what I'm doing now. And then, of course, my full time job trolling Trudeau on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, obviously, you know, I've, I've got a platform. So I like to use it to to bring joy, bring hope, um, educate people and all of that. So that's yeah. and- in a nutshell. You yeah. do um, an incredible job at that, like just giving hope to other people and knowing, letting other people know that we're not alone because you have a huge following on social media and it's, I, I'm constantly reading the comments and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so nice that there's so many people, like we are labeled the small fringe minority, like your cat says, yeah. um, but there's so many more of us than are led to believe. And we're out here in the boonies and we're meeting people all the time that are waking up or that are awake and have, we, we were in this city yeah. too. We left two years ago. Once um, COVID hit, we were like, okay, we need to get out of here. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's so kind of in like a beautiful way, a beautiful spin on it. Your dad was like the catalyst for kind of your change in your journey, right? That's exactly it, Jamie. You took the words right out of my mouth. I always say that. I say his death was really the catalyst for, everything that's transpired since. I mean, if that, that wouldn't have happened, I might still be working in the pharmaceutical industry, you know, because it is a very lucrative job. I mean, you know, you're making all this money, your car is paid for it. Like every three years I was getting a new vehicle and, you know, you're expensing your gas and you got an expense account and you're hobnobbing with medical doctors and specialists and you're going to these fancy conferences and everything's paid for. Like, you know, who wouldn't love a job like that? Right. It's the life. It really was in my early thirties. It was a total dream job. And then I just started getting a little bit more and more jaded, more and more jaded, realizing how much money really does go into the marketing aspect of everything. Totally. And it's like, you know, this was also talked about on the Joe Rogan podcast where he's like, every business operates on a model where you're trying to exceed sales from the year before. Yeah. So when you think about it that way, it's like, you got to get this doctor to start using your drug even more. Well, that's not a good thing for the patients. Right. If more people are using medication, that means more people are sick. And so for me, I really just started to, I just am not capable of living in misalignment. I just realized that about myself. Like I say that all the time, I can't say one thing, do another. If something's on my heart, I can't not speak it. And the same goes for that. It's like, I literally just started to realize, wait a minute, I would not want anybody I love to be on some of these medications because they're, they got some scary side effects. So what am I really doing here? You know? And that, that's when I had to make that difficult decision. And my dad was definitely a big part of that for sure. And then had you had your kids previous to your dad? Yeah. So yes. So I had my, my kids were three when he was diagnosed. So I have twin boys. They were only three years old when he got it, you know, first got a diagnosis and like I, you know, took that time, like as soon as he was diagnosed is like end of October, I basically was like, told my work, I need to take time off work. I need to go be with my family. And like, you know, we put them in the car and we drove down to Edmonton with them and they were there with me that whole time. And that's actually when I really got into meditation too, because I was, um, you know, my husband was still home working and I was there for like two, three months supporting my, my mom and dad. And I had my three-year-olds with me, <laughs> twins. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to be an emotional support for my mom. I'm taking my dad to his radiation, which was 
every day he had a radiation appointment during the week. Um, And then I'm trying to be a mom to my, you know, to my twin three-year-old boys. And so that's when I really had to like learn to slow down and started to learn to meditate and got my kids involved in that as well, learning, teaching them to sit with mommy and be calm and meditate as well. So yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was, yeah. So there were three and they were four by the time he died and I quit my job. I think kids are huge. I know ours, when, when I got pregnant with our older son and then we had him, he was a big reason for my wake up and yeah. I started researching things, researching vaccines and researching just the pharmaceutical industry. And our, our first thing we learned about was what a GMO was. And we're like, what? If the government's allowing GMOs into our food, what else are they allowing? And so then the rabbit holes just like were nonstop. Oh, yeah, and we still crazy. are always like rabbit like, holes everywhere. Nothing shocks us, but it's still we're like, what is happening? What world are we living in? Yeah. But family, totally. yeah, yeah, family is so great for that. I think um, parents and children are really are our wake up calls. Yeah, I, it was ridiculous. I had to kind of get out of the get out of all the rabbit holes a couple months ago I totally backed off I stopped I have no idea what's going on I'm totally out of the loop with everything I'm just like you listen to podcasts yeah I listen to podcasts while I'm working but I'm burying my head just working yeah we're yeah. we're trying to set up our like self-sustainable living yeah, place here getting the homestead ready <laughs> yeah I see that that you guys are doing that that's so awesome yeah, yeah it's really cool it's, it's really great cool. there was uh what was his name do you remember a guy who was uh, Rick Simpson? Was it Rick Simpson? He, he was, the oil? Yeah, the cannabis oil. That's right. RSO, Rick Simpson oil. So this product is, uh, I would say, like, if you had to compare it to something, it's that, but uh-huh. way more effective and potent and better. Cool. Amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause he had cool. some pretty good, uh, testimonials, I do believe. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And, um, this product is like, that's exactly what, if anybody's familiar with the Rick Simpson oil, this would be kind of what, what would be comparable to that. But like I said, way better. And, um, according to the person who's been working with it, um, you know, way more effective. So cool. I'm very excited to be up. Like, again, I don't put my name on just anything. Right. So no, for me, not. it was like, okay, if I'm going to get behind this and this charity is going to be essentially it's my baby, right. It's yeah. like, I am starting this from the ground up and they are giving me the kind of autonomy to do that. And they brought me on for who I am, for yeah. the voice that I bring and the passion that I feel and, and my background. And like, I'm just so invested in this as though it was my own thing, even though it's oh. not. Um, and so I, I desperately want to have it up and running so that we can finally say we're truly raising money for cancer research because we know that like we have raised billions for cancer research and like nothing has changed, right? Like it's still the cut poison burn system of caring for cancer. So if we can get this charity off the ground running and get some big people involved and raise the kind of money we need, we can put that specific medicine through the proper testing so that we can get it into the right hands. Now, is there going to be red tape with, you know, having to go through the government stuff? For sure. I'm sure we're going to come up against a ton of barriers because they don't like anything that interferes with, you know, their profits or big pharma, but I'm hopeful. I'm I'm very hopeful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, me too. That's cool. If it's uh, Rick Simpson. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
Um, I wanted, I don't know how much you can talk about, but I was hoping to touch on the willow and pie situation. And uh, could you enlighten us with what's going on? Or we maybe we should explain because I really don't even know like what the situation is or was, or can I kind of tell a brief story of what happened? Yes, for sure. And um, Sunny probably can do that better than I can even. Sure. Yeah. So I will just share with you while still trying to like respect their privacy and oh, honor yeah. her. Um, and also, uh, just being mindful that although they've been reunited with their son, there is a possibility that they're going to go further with like lawsuits and stuff because right. they were very mistreated. So I just want to make sure that I don't say anything that would jeopardize that. But basically, I guess in a nutshell, um, and, and she did put out a YouTube video and I think she did a, a quick, uh, interview with Kid Carson too, where she yeah. shares more of the exact details of what happened. Totally. And I can link those in the show notes too. Yeah. Yeah. That would be, that would be great. Um, so basically to make a long story short, her son ended up, you know, like she was away somewhere camping, I think. And mm -hmm. her son ended up being taken to the hospital by a family member who was babysitting him because they said that he had a fever and he wasn't well. And then, uh, and, and Willow and the baby's dad, um, you know, they co-parent him. They're very much on the same page and they're more like us, I would say, more holistically minded. So yeah. they probably, yeah, like she, she made a comment. He's never even had, had Advil, right? Yeah. And now all of a sudden the, the baby's at the hospital. So she, you know, shows up there, I think with the baby's dad and, um, you know, they were like, oh, we think he has meningitis and we think he has this and that and they wanted to do a spinal tap on him and they wanted him on antibiotics. And if anybody knows anything about a spinal tap, I mean, that's, that's a serious procedure Yeah, and it comes with risks, right? So she just started asking some questions and was not comfortable with some of what they were suggesting. And to make a long story short, I think it kind of went on for the week, like some of the stuff she was like, well, I need to think about this. I'll come back with him. I know she ended up changing hospitals once because she wasn't comfortable with the care she was receiving at one of the hospitals. And anyways, to make a long story short, the doctor ended up calling the ministry, basically yeah. saying that this family is not, you know, really what happened was he had an ego. Totally. And he didn't like that this mom was empowered and asking questions and exactly. they were discriminated against. That's my belief. Um, and, you know, she's, she mentions this herself. She's not white mm -hmm. and uh, they live a more holistic lifestyle. And so I think they were judged by the, maybe by the way they were dressed, by the way they look, by what they were saying, questions they were asking, yeah. et cetera. So they called the ministry and the ministry ended up taking custody of the child away from them just for that. Can't even and believe that's happening. It's, I, can't, I know. Like, it could be yeah. any of us at that point. Exactly. Like, that's why I got involved. I don't know Willow. I don't know her from Adam. Okay. Yeah. And um, so anyway, that's basically what ended up happening. And then I think she just panicked when she, you know, she finally kind of gave in and, and let them do the things that they wanted to do. Came back. Child did not have meningitis, was not sick. Um, but they said, oh, well, you know, we started this course of antibiotics because we thought he was sick. And now our protocol is that we have to finish the treatment. And it's a 14-day IV of antibiotics for a three-year-old child. Oh, right? my God. And she just, she just made this comment, um, I think, on an interview that she did that she was just like, you know, I was just sitting there watching him, like, 
watching them do this to him. And she said, I just started to panic, you know, and, and I know there was some others, there's some other points to the story where one of the days she had him at home the, or she was out shopping with him and the police showed up at their door. Right. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of details to the story that she would be better off to tell, but, and by the way, she is coming on my show, so she's going to be able to tell her story also. Awesome. And I'm sure, awesome. I'm sure she will do a whole media blitz now that she's got her baby back. But, yeah, you know, so awesome. she just said at some point she just was like, what, what do you do when you're threatening to take somebody's child away? Like she's, she was like, I just panicked. I was in fight or flight and she just she took him out of the hospital and she took off with him yeah. and she put him in the car and drove to Calgary. Yeah. And you guys probably know the rest of the story from there. Like they put an Amber alert out for yeah. this. Which is insane. Unreal. I've never it's had crazy. an Amber alert on my phone before. This is the first one I've ever had for a mother taking her own child not a, like a, you know how many kidnappings actually happen all the time and i've never had a fucking amber alert on my phone exactly so i saw that amber alert i believe it was a monday night i want to say mm -hmm. and it showed up on my phone like just as i was going to bed and so i just shared the amber alert i didn't know anything about it at all i shared that to my phone and then like you know i'm kind of like tossing and turning that night i couldn't really sleep and i at the same time I had like shared that a friend of hers who also just happens to be a mutual friend of mine and is in a chat group I'm with also talked about it and was like, this is my friend and this Amber alert is total BS. And like, this is what's happening with her right now. And she shared her YouTube video and I was like, oh my God, okay, there's way more to the story. And then at the same time, my DMs are blowing up. They're like, this, this woman already posted a YouTube video about how the ministry took her child away. And, and I was like, oh my God, okay, there's so much more to this. So I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning and I was just like, could not stop thinking about it. And then I find out she was arrested yeah. in Calgary. And that's when I'm in a chat with Sarah Swain, who I'm sure you guys know, as well as Kate Davey um, from out East. And I just, you know, was in a chat with them. And I said, you guys, I can't stop thinking about this girl. Like, I, I can't stop thinking about this whole situation. Like, I feel like we need to do something. And I mean, neither of them, like Sarah lives in Alberta and Kate lives in Ontario. But Sarah was like, I'm also talking to like a mom from Vancouver who's, you know, and I'm talking to Meg Garland about this too. Like, let's all get in a chat together and see what we can do. Yeah. So that's when there's seven of us that came together. Um, and one of them happened to be a really good friend of mine whose daughter is really good friends with Willow as well. Wow. So there was like a family connection there. So awesome. she, so she was connected in and then all of a sudden we got like some local women who are connected. And then we got women, you know, like Sarah and Kate from across the country who can help just spread the word. And I basically was like, I need to know more information. Where is this girl? Does anybody know who she is? Does anybody know like where she could be? Does anyone know where the baby is? And you know, Instagram, social media is wonderful for that because people start reaching out to you. Yeah. And then I got back in touch with our mutual friend. And then that's when um, I was like, we're going to do whatever we can to help yeah. this girl. And, you know, somebody in our group had access to a lawyer. And then we just started spreading money about raising funds. And then um, I got a message. This is the baby's dad. He wants you to call him. And so then I got on the phone with his dad, with the dad of the child and then I gave him my number and he's like, I'm talking to Willow in prison. I'm going to give her your number. And I was like, yeah, please do. Cause I have the number for a lawyer for her. 
And so she called me and she was just like, you know, like imagine like she's just a complete stranger. She must have been, I don't think she knew which way was up because right. she's, she's in this holding cell. She has no idea the world is looking for her. No, like she no. really had no clue what was going on. Um, and a couple of us talked to her while she was in that holding cell. But what really got me was not only I just kept thinking, this is so wrong. This is so wrong. But when I gave her the lawyer's number, she was like, okay, I need you to stay on the line with me so I can memorize it. And she's repeating it over and over the phone number. And I'm like, why are you doing that? And she's like, they won't give me a piece of paper and a pen to write stuff down here. Jeez. And I was like, Oh my God, she's being so mistreated too. This is no, so wrong. She's treating her like a criminal. Yeah. So she's just, so that's what she had to do when she talked to the baby's dad for my number. Cause she called me oh, from prison because oh, I couldn't call her. So and she had to mess on no sleep, just sleep deprived. Totally. Yeah. Out that her, who knows what's happening to her. Where's her baby? And she's, you know, oh, she's memorizing gosh. the phone number and it just lit a fire under me. Like I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Ugh. So she was able to connect with the lawyer and I think he coached her on like what to say, what not to say. And she ended up getting out of prison. She was like, they're charging me with like three different things. But when she let, got let go, there was no charges. Yeah. They let her go with <laughs> nothing. So what does that tell you? They were wrong. Exactly. Oh. And, and then, you know, that week kind of, it's all blending together now, but we just basically were like, we're here, we're going to support you from behind the scenes, whatever you need, whether it's raising money or, you know, getting in touch with this or that, the other thing we need you to get your baby back. And then we were able to, I was able to provide another lawyer for them. Cause you know, that was a criminal lawyer to help her get out of prison. But then we needed a family lawyer that's going to help them get their son back because right. the son was still in the um, custody of the ministry. When she was in Calgary, she had no, they wouldn't tell her where he was. So he's in Calgary with no parental, you know, no guardianship, no adults that he's familiar with, nobody, a three-year-old child by Three himself in a hospital, having whatever his treatment continued or whatever they're doing with him. Mm. Um, and they where he was so you know eventually they both made their way back here he was transferred here she got home and then um we knew that they were going to be going to court this thursday so we worked hard to get them another lawyer um that could help them and they met with him on you know earlier in the week and they were like this is great he's going to help us we're going to retain him so they and they were able to go to court on thursday and get their son back and so oh, when he was God. discharged from the hospital um, he was he could go home with them. So, so that's kind of like the story. Obviously there's a lot of details in the same, yeah. but, um, I know that right now, you know, they're just soaking up their baby boy. And if you can imagine the trauma and the cleansing that, you know, that they want to do with him and just spend that time with him, which I completely honor. But I was like, obviously I can't tell them what to do. They're grown adults, but I'm like, I really hope you guys don't let this go. Like, I hope no. they sue everybody no, no. that was involved because they were failed at every turn. Well, that's and it made me like this is yeah. this needs to be precedent setting. There needs to be consequences for these motherfuckers. Like, I am so, I get so mad when you just tell, when you tell the story. Like the the doctor that had the ego. The minute like everybody in up the ladder who had anything to do with that. There needs to be consequences. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, it's so funny. This actually, this even really, it's funny how things in life happen that make you think like you think you were awake, and then you wake up even more. Yes. Like yeah. you know, all of a sudden, I, I remember I had somebody come into my DMs and was like, 
I, I have a friend who's high up in the RCMP and they said the baby is very sick. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, at first it kind of like for a second, I was like, oh, somebody's in the, in the RCMP is saying that, okay, do we really know what's going on here? But then I'm like, wait a minute. If the baby was very sick, <laughs> like she would not have been let go yeah. with no charges. Exactly. Yeah. That would have been all over the news. Yeah. They never talked about it again. Yeah. That would have been all over the news that the baby's very sick. And by the way, why would she lie about that? Yeah. She allowed him to have a spinal tap just so that she could say, I told you guys he wasn't sick. He doesn't have yeah. meningitis. And when it came back clear, she, if we all know meningitis is scary, okay? Like that is a scary thing for a child to get. No mother, whether you vaccinate your child, don't vaccinate your child, whatever. If your child is sick, you are not going to take off on a 12 hour road trip with them. No caring mother. And it's, she has no history, they have no history with social services or the ministry or any, they've never been in trouble. Like, you know, I think the dad said, I've never even had so much as a speeding ticket. Like they're clean. So there's no history here. This is a loving, caring family. So when now people are saying, oh, well, I know somebody high up in the RCMP. And I said, and I, I thought about it for a second, and then I, I responded, and I said, did this person see the child, or is this RCMP, like, here in Surrey that they just heard through the grapevine? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and she was like, well, I'll have to ask her. And I said, honestly, I don't even believe that. Like, of course, yeah. of course, everybody in the RCMP is going to be told he's very sick, or they all are going to look bad, too, because right. you yeah. put an amber alert out on this woman. You plastered her face all over the mainstream media. Yeah. And people feel a certain type of way about it and it's not okay. So of course they're going to, they're going to tell everybody, Oh, that child is very sick. I had a few other people message me with screenshots of things. People were messaging them. Like that child is sick. That child has meningitis. Oh, I'm on the inside. I know this child's very sick. And it's like, I just started realizing that people can say whatever they want. You're not on the inside. The child was not very sick. Trust me. If that child was very sick, he wouldn't have been allowed to go home with his parents last week exactly. on Thursday. People so, the official narrative. Exactly. You know, and then a couple of days ago, you probably also saw, or it was, it was, I think last week, there was a mainstream media headline about some woman in the maternity ward at the Vancouver hospital. And they had like had to call in the police shooting beanbag guns at her. Did you guys hear about that? No, I can't believe I didn't hear about this one. It was like, you hear this story. Oh, this woman's crazy. She just gave birth and they had to call in the police and they're shooting beanbag rifles at her. I don't even know what that is, but you know, in that moment, had I not just gone through what we were going through with Willow, I probably would have believed most of the story. Like I would have known they were exaggerating bits and pieces, but I just in that moment thought, okay, what really happened? You know, they said she was wielding a knife and she was a threat to all the babies in the nursery. And I'm like, really though, did that actually happen? Because I don't believe that because you got a whole city saying that this, that, you know, Willow's baby had meningitis when he did not. So it really just every time something like this happens now, I'm just like, okay, yeah, really though? Like, did you really, unless you saw it yourself, I just say, I just, nothing is to be believed anymore. Absolutely. Nothing's to be believed anymore. And I think what's so important for women, what, especially in women, because 
when we're in a setting and go to the doctors, most, not all doctors, most doctors are male that I've come in, Mm -hmm. come in contact with and they treat you, they talk down to you. They Mm -hmm. treat you like shit. They think that you don't know anything and their egos are bigger than the hospital themselves. And I think what women really need to know as we go forward, that we know our bodies better than anybody else, better than our babies and our babies. Exactly. And we when we don't both Jamie and I are like we are never going to the hospital like no. it's it's a terrifying place luckily we have a good friend who she was on our podcast a couple podcasts ago and she was a hospital and a doctor out here in the hospital and she was like don't worry I'll help you if you need something mm-hmm. like she's it's good to have good people behind you but yeah. I think too like having our health in line that's why it's so important for us to eat healthy to be exercised to get outside in sun and fresh air and to grow our own food and do all the healthy things so that we can have a baseline that's really good but not only that like if we were if I we were to get pregnant ever again which it wouldn't happen because it won't um (laughs) but if it was to happen I would not be going to the hospital I'd be having a home birth and I think it's so great that there's this resurgence of women who are getting back taking their power back and knowing that's what we're meant to do and there's a massive explosion it's like all this shit is happening so that more people can wake up because there's so much stuff happening And, and like like you were saying like now you don't trust the official story it's like Think of how many other people that's snowballing and, and webbing out to that don't tr- trust the official story anymore because it's constantly bullshit. And now more people are realizing that. Well, I learned so much this last week and just kind of looking into her story and trying to understand the laws and the ministry. And you guys, they have so much power. Like yeah, what people don't realize is the ministry has more power than the RCMP. Like you're, you know, in the regular, so parental rights are not covered under charter rights. So in, in a regular world, it's you're innocent until proven guilty. If I say you did something, I have to prove that you did it. Yeah. If you're a parent, anyone can file an anonymous complaint about you and say, oh, you know, I, I know my neighbors homeschool their kids and I'm concerned about their well-being because like they're always playing outside and they never have any parental supervision. It could be anything, yeah. okay? You can have the ministry show up at your door and demand to speak to your kids, come into your house, and they can say and do whatever they want. That is terrifying, that actually. That is terrifying. So, you know, when people say, oh, you know, it's a certain demographic, like, yes, the ministry will typically go after this is why the laws are like this is because the people who can afford to change them, oftentimes the ministry won't go after those people, but they still can go after whoever they want to. I think, you know, like somebody like Willow and her, her partner, her baby's dad, maybe they're kind of like, Oh, they see them. They look young. They're kind of dressed like grungy. And Mm -hmm. she's maybe she said she doesn't vaccinate her child. Maybe she's asking too many questions. Oh, she's got a target on her back right away because they completely judged her, you know, discriminated against her. But that's not to say that that couldn't happen to me or you or anybody else, right? Like just because I'm dressed differently, if I'm asking too many questions or the doctor doesn't, you know, the doctor happens to have an ego. Because I think it was for them, it was the perfect mix of storm. Yes. The perfect storm. Had they gotten maybe a different doctor who didn't have such an ego or had they, you know, gotten somebody from the ministry who showed up and was like, no, this is just a mom asking questions. Plus, 
we know from, you know, the legal aspect of things that the doctor didn't really fault. Like you're allowed to ask for a second opinion. Oh. You're allowed to take time to make choices, medical choices. So there's just that perfect storm of things that happened with this family. But it fully just made me realize this could be anybody. This could have been me. This could have been you. This could yeah. have been any of us. And that's why I feel like this is great because it's drawing attention to something that has not changed this, this law, this, um, these laws that are, you know, challenge parental rights. They've been around since the residential school days. That's how all those atrocities even happen in the first place. Our government does not have a good track record for honoring parental rights and family and that kind of thing. So there's definitely a much, much, much bigger, uh, I guess, job here that needs to be done. Things that I've learned this week, it just lit a fire under me. Like I was like, I really hope that they sue and I really hope that we can set some sort of precedent and I really hope that we can take that then and start to get some of these laws changed because that is so wrong that you can remove a child. I mean, yeah, they're back with him, but he was separated from his par his parents for over two weeks at oh three years God. old, even though some of those days they were allowed to go see him in the hospital and stuff. Yeah. The PTSD that this kid is going to suffer for such a long time, like they're going to have to work so hard and be like, by the looks of things, she's a spiritual, loving, awesome person. And she's going to help him through this for sure. Yeah. Um, it's and the dad hard. too. Like yeah. I, I've been very, you know, connected in with the dad. They're both the same. Um, they, you know, he is a very joyful little boy and they were like, we really feel like he was protected while he yeah. was away from us because he's actually like doing pretty good, but you're right on the inside, who knows? Like, yeah. the, you know, the trust is going to be like with this child and all these other things. And I have no, they have a huge support system. I have no doubt that they're going to get that, that little boy nice and healthy again. Um, but it is honestly guys, like it just killed me like that week. I just cried repeatedly because my own children are now 10 yeah. and you know, we homeschool, we, we do life together 24 mm -hmm. seven, almost Same with us. Same with us. if, if I, if I take off for an evening to go have dinner with my girlfriend, like I have a, one of my sons still gets upset that I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah, and so, and so I cannot imagine, like, I just would cry thinking oh. about yeah. If because what happened was she got they got pulled over and she grabbed her baby and had him sleep, he was sleeping in her arms, and they literally like told her to put her hands up, took him out of her arms, Jeez. arrested her. So he woke up to strangers. Yeah, I cannot even imagine my 10 year olds going through that, they would be devastated. It just rips my heart to pieces to even think about my kids for a second wondering where I am. Okay. The fact that this happened to a three-year-old, it just lit. And I felt that week it was this like crazy pull because that whole week I, I, I hardly did anything but help that family. Like I didn't even spend time with my own kids. They just saw me on my phone the whole yeah. time. And I was like, thinking if you only knew yeah. what I'm doing right now and why yeah. I'm doing this, you know, like I would look at them, I would cry and then I would get back to work. And <laughs> yeah. It's just so, you know, I just, you know, and then I did, I mean, they're 10. So I did sit them down and in a child appropriate way, explain to them why I was so invested in helping this woman. Yeah. 
And then they, they got invested too. Like, is he back with his mom yet? Is he back with his mom yet? You know? And, um, I asking me that too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important to have those conversations with kids at an age appropriate level, no matter how old they are. Um, because you know, I, like I said, I learned a lot. Like I was like, we already have told them we don't talk about our private medical information outside of our home. We don't talk about private things. They can come to you about anything. Mm-hmm. If your child's in school and says, oh, yeah, like I have a I have a bath with my mom yeah. or I have a bath with my dad yeah. or, yeah, my parents don't believe in vaccines or if I'm really sick, they won't give me medicine. Like kids yeah. can say the most innocent thing totally. and a teacher or a parent or a friend or anyone can report you to the ministry for that. Yeah, it's crazy. So uh, I had watched this, um, you know, this YouTube video of this woman who is very knowledgeable about all the power that they have. And she said, that's one of the most important things you can do is just teach your kids that we, you know, get them on the same page as you. Private Mm -hmm. information is private. Make sure they have a safe adult that they can go to if they feel like they can't come to you. So an aunt or an uncle or a grandma or grandpa. So if they're ever feeling like alienated, that if they have an opportunity to say something about you, that they're not going to say it to a stranger at the ministry. They're going to maybe go to a trusted adult, right? Like an aunt or an uncle who's on the same page as you in terms of how you're raising your kids. So I really did learn so much myself and it just point, it just showed me how much work still needs to be done. So let's see what happens, but it's definitely now on my radar that there's some laws that need to be changed. Parents need to get back in the driver's seat. And, and like you said, Brittany, um, moms need to be reminded of how much power they have. Like you said, like, you got a man who's never delivered a baby telling you how to care for your child. Yeah. Like, yeah. like Willow says, she's like, I know my child. I know he wasn't sick. I know he didn't have meningitis. You can tell yeah. when someone has meningitis, they're very sick. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that, you know, she's like, I just finally gave in and was like, fine, do the spinal tap. I just wanted them to see that I know my child and that he doesn't have meningitis. Yeah. And he didn't. And they were like, okay, good, great news. He doesn't have meningitis. And she was like, yeah, I told you that already. I knew that. Wow. Yeah. And so women, mothers really like we have such a power. We grow these little humans inside of us. We know our children inside and out as, as do dads. Right. But moms just have that mom instinct totally. that other people try to tell us is crazy or emotional yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing Willow said too. Right. Like she's like, I feel like I couldn't show any emotion because if I did, they would say I was a hysterical mother totally. and that I was getting yeah. in the yeah. way of their you know, them treating my son. So it's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Yeah. Um, and I think this just brought so much to light. And, and, and like Jamie said, so many people are waking up. So it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. Brings a lot to, oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say, I'm so thankful for your platform that you had and the, what you and your group of, what'd she call you guys, her, her angels or something. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. 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 Cause it's like, I, I, I just, felt so I felt for her so much like there's so many times that I was just crying and I was like this could have been me or could someone I know and I I don't know Willow from anybody else either but like my heart I was like saying so many prayers for her and the family and I but I would get overwhelmed with gratitude for what you guys were doing as well what you and the other women were doing because I'm like I sure as hope if I was in that situation that I'd have them to back me too. Yeah. And I remember that one screenshot that someone said, they're like, man, if I was in jail, I sure hope I'd have Sunit on my side too. <laughs> and 
and I was like, yeah, man, like, this is crazy. Like, I don't want anybody else. I want these mothers that are passionate, that have fire, that are going to have yeah. my back as well. Yeah, that's why too, like I, I, you probably caught, I made a couple posts. There was some kind of misinformation flying around about Willow and the, there was some other kind of media, like, you know, people who interviewed her who were trying to say that she didn't have a lawyer or, you know, that these women were, you know, in it for... I was like, gosh, there's so many stories floating around. Literally, like, we were behind the scenes. Like, yeah. none of us, all, all we want, like, she literally called me from prison. So I think I know the story. Like, yeah. you know, like, there was people trying to, like, say, oh, there's this and that, and it's not like this. And and that's why I get bothered because the women, the seven women who came together, yeah. there was not one egotistical, self-absorbed bone in our body. Like, all we wanted in that moment during that time what we didn't know this girl none of us knew this girl aside from the one person whose daughter was friends with her and even she didn't really know her that well she just knew her through her daughter yeah but like we just really it was like okay step one get her out of prison step two get this family reunited with their with their child right and that it really is at the end of the day i think anybody who has a child who felt like oh my god this could be me like it was this overpowering, like, I can't explain it. And I was so exhausted. I was emotionally yeah. exhausted. I and I just remember like waking up on whatever, I think it was like last Sunday, I'd been in it for like six days straight. And I woke up, I had had the deepest sleep and I woke up still feeling exhausted. I was like, mm -hmm. I'm so tired. And my husband was like, you have been so invested in this. He's like, I haven't seen you go like this hard at anything in a really long time. Like I was literally glued to my phone all day messaging with the ladies. Okay. We, you know, we got this lawyer, we got this, we got this going on. We got this here. Okay. We're trying to raise money. Where's Willow now talking to the dad. Like he was in touch with several of us as well. He needed support too. Cause he's back here yeah. without his son. And and he's such a good dad too. Like we cannot, you know, he's just such a good dad and he understood why she did what she did. Like he was like, I'm not, you know, like he wasn't upset with her. Like he, he got, he's like, we were completely mistreated. So just the whole thing has been so eye opening. But yeah, you know, I said to the girls, man, we could like run the world. Like yeah. what we yeah. did this week, you know? Um, and all just behind the scenes, just communicating, just, you know, even like Sarah and Kate who, and Meg, like they're not even here, but yeah. they were able to use their platforms to, you yeah. know, garner more support and yeah. the power of prayer. Like if you can't yeah. donate, pray yeah. and just that totally. collective energy, everybody was rooting, rooting them on. Mm -hmm. And I, I firmly believe it was a combination of all of that, that they got their son back. You know, I, I heard from some people who worked in the ministry that were like, once he's in the system, it's going to take a long time for them to get him back. But they got him back. Like they got yeah. him back on like right away. So that's all awesome. But I feel like this is just the beginning. We have to be really, really so. wide awake to what to what is possible. Because um, they're not this government we know is so corrupt. They're not backing down. Um, this, and now this, with the COVID shots and stuff like that, like, I'm like, oh, how are they going to, you know, like you already, oh yeah, I got to be vaccinated to visit someone in the hospital. Like there's already that. What are they going to start doing when they want you to push it on your kids and stuff like that? So we have to be hyper vigilant. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause this proves that we don't have sovereignty. We're not, we're not sovereign. We, we are under control and I demand sovereignty. I am I, this shit 
I will not settle for anything less. I need to be in control of my life. And if they can just take your kids, if they want, you know, there's a lot of information coming out now that it all kind of starts with the birth certificate that you're like signing your kids over to the ministry. And maybe we should all just cut that shit out and have our kids away from the hospital and not get a birth certificate. And then they, maybe they can't take your kids. Yeah. So what you're referring to is all the common law stuff, which I know that there was people who were trying to get Willow to go that route. The problem with the common law stuff, it's very, it's very valid. I think there's a a lot of validity to it. The problem is, first of all, the system doesn't play in common law. They play in the judicial system. Second of all, like you said, everybody needs to go that route. If you just got to cut one or two people here, they're doing it then we look crazy and that's just more reason for them to take our kids from us. So this really needs to be a strategic, um, well thought out plan, right? Like we kept saying in that group, like ladies, we are playing chess, not checkers with the government, with the ministry. These people do this all the time. And so what we needed with Willow was to get her a lawyer and get her to get her child back the proper way because that's the system that we live in we gotta play in their system right now um the common law stuff though i think there's validity to it the more people start learning about it and practicing it maybe not when a child is at stake but maybe with something else i think maybe five to ten years from now that is entirely possible that we could move into more of a sovereign um, system and a common law system. Yeah. And I hope we do. Cause I've been asking, you know, lately I've kind of been like, we're not sovereign, not even close to it. Like it's bad enough that they tell you, Oh, you have to have these vaccines before you attend school. Or, you know, if you don't want it, you have to sign this piece of paper. But what about stuff like all these licenses? You know, I started to think, okay, I need a license to get married yeah, or a license to go fishing. Yeah. Um, what is that all about? All these taxes we pay, like one tax on top of another. And it's like, what? wait a minute, hold up. Like, we've just kind of been like, I feel like I've been just sleeping. Like, oh, okay, got to get a license to get yeah, married. Or you right? got to yeah. have a, but, but why? Why Why do I have to have that? Yeah, why do yeah. bamboozle? It's funny that you, yeah. that you bring that up, that uh, people should try it on another, take another avenue because driving is, a lot of people are doing that. They're driving without a license and they're driving without insurance. Some people are even getting pulled over on purpose and filming it and putting it on YouTube to prove that they're sovereign. This guy named Paul Unslaved, he got away with it. He actually filmed the whole thing. It's like a half an hour video with the cops and they let him drive away with no license and no insurance at the end because he kept using the proper language. He never once said, I'm driving. He kept saying, I'm transporting my property. And at the end of it, they had to let him go. Yeah. So there's a lot of examples like that where, you know, with minor things like that, where it's worked. And so I think the more people really get well-versed in that and they can do it with those things, right? Like, look at all the stuff that they, like the masks and the arrive can and this and that, right? So these little things that we can slowly start to educate ourselves and do more and more, I really have hope that we can just dismantle the whole system one day. I hope so too, because the moves they're making are tough. People like us, they're such obvious shit moves, like the whole COVID thing, taking the kid away from her, like the ministry, like, and more people are waking up hopefully fast enough to see that these are backwards shit moves these are these this is not a government this is a well it is a government it's a government they're doing exactly what they're made to do which is be corrupt yeah a hundred percent 
Yeah. yeah. And I think too, like Jamie and I are very much like you, like we're all about love and, and peace and want to be peaceful, but we were joking around yeah. today. He's like, I'm love peace and anarchy like love, the system needs to just be dismantled yeah. but i love i want love and peace for everybody yeah that's <laughs> we're making a new shirt love peace and anarchy i love it and you know what's funny is what is that movie um the purge have you guys ever heard of the purge yeah, yeah, yeah. i haven't okay. seen it though. so it's like it. it's kind of like a, a like you know like a it's basically like one day of the year there's no rules no laws yeah and um so I have been watching that movie. I hate scary movies. I do too. Like, that's why I don't my, watch <laughs> My husband and my brother talk talk us into it, right? So Christmas time comes around. It's like, what are we going to watch? So I've been watching, like, I think there's been like four, three or four um, installments of it now. And they make it, it, it's funny what you think in hindsight. So when you're watching the movie, it's like, oh, it's just this one day. And they call it, it's, it's just anarchy. Like everybody goes crazy and there's murders happening and there's no police and you know, you're like, holy shit, that would be terrifying if that really? actually happened. Like one day where there's no laws and no rules. And then I remember when I started um, learning about cryptocurrency and I started attending some online kind of cryptocurrency uh, webinars and stuff because I knew nothing about it and I wanted to understand more. And they were talking a lot about anarchy and like, you know, that, that, like there's people who are liberal, conservatives, and there's people who are anarchists. Yeah. And I had such a view of what that means because of the movie, The Purge. Yeah. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, that sounds crazy. But then when I, you know, and then um, I started really realizing what really what anarchists really believe in. It's more yeah. of a libertarian mindset, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. You do you, I'll do me. You yeah. don't harm me and my property. I don't harm you and your property. And it is actually such a beautiful way to live. Totally. And, and somebody in one of the, um, I attended this, like it was like a three-day kind of summit. And one of the speakers said something so powerful that I realized this is why we're not there yet. He said, in order to live truly libertarian or truly, like when you say anarchy, to, to mean it in that libertarian way, you need a very evolved society. Yeah. Right? You need... Yeah. More people like you and me who just live in alignment, who are good, honest people, who are all about love, helping others, um, giving where needed, don't need to be told what to do, don't need to be asked. I respect your property and your person. You respect mine. Yeah, exactly. And let's face it, right now, a lot of people out there are not that. But when he said that, that in order to live that libertarian life, like you need a very evolved society, it just really made me think. I guess that's what's happening right now. It is that society, like we have people who are starting to slowly evolve. Some are farther ahead than others. But this is going to be the pain, right? This is those labor pains. Like we are birthing something new that's probably going to come in a few years still. But now is the time when that evolution is going to start to happen so that more and more people are like, I don't need my government telling me to be a good person or what I should do. I'll do what is best for me and I'll look out for other people because that's what I want to do. Yeah. And we've just gotten way too comfortable with just constantly being told what to do, what to think. And and it starts, let's face it, in our school system. Like, totally. They have perfectly orchestrated putting robots through school and a few of us escaped being free thinkers thank god yeah but there is still a massive massive part of the population that is still so indoctrinated could never be possible it would never be possible for them to live in a libertarian 
um, a lifestyle they because they're not, they're, they wouldn't want to, they like, be. they like to be told what to do. Yeah. They like to be, you know, told that, Hey, if I get sick, I can go to the hospital or I mean, I took a needle and I'm wearing a mask. Look at me, look at me. I'm yeah. so virtuous. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of knowing that you are a good person and you don't need to be told when you're a good person. Totally. So there's still a lot of work to be done. But again, I always have hope. Like I have hope that, like you said, I see my comments, it's less and less, you know, trolls and more and more people. And that is for me, that's what brings me joy. It's like, look at all these people who have woken up. And, you know, I got people who are double, triple jobs even yep. are showing up in my DMs saying no more. Yeah. Done. And, had, and so, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I, I just had someone triple jabbed come into my DMs the other day and thanking me for what I'm doing. She was like, I got my job because I was told to get it and protect da, 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 da. Anyways, she can't even get out of bed now. She's like, I can't even get out of bed. Um, and when I do, I'm exhausted and I've got little kids and I did it to protect my kids. And she's like, now I've been told to not, not let my kids get a single vaccine because of the reaction I've had. And it's like, whoa, whoa. Like, can you imagine These are waking doing up pains. that? Yeah, birthing, yeah, pains, birthing yeah. pains. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I'm just so thankful that I woke up without having to go through that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Everybody has their journey. Like I, I have had so many moms come into my DMs and say, I didn't use to question childhood vaccines, but now I question everything. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. Better late than never, right? Like totally. I always say, like, know better, do better, mama. Like exactly. now you know better. So now you can do better, forget the past, like let go of that guilt. Yeah. Um, but there are so many. It's like I feel like they they set out on this like you know, Bill Gates and all his people, like we know this is very nefarious and goes very deep, but all these people kind of, they, they're very orchestrated and calculated in how they carried everything out. But the one thing I think they didn't account for was that it's like you accidentally woke up a whole group of people that otherwise would have just continued on doing what they were doing and now you're making them think too so exactly. i think it's gonna backfire you were yeah. sloppy they sped it up too fast i think they yeah. for some reason realized they didn't have as much time as they thought they had and they put it all out at the same time it was should have been more of a slow trickle for them to be successful but they fucked up i think so too i think so too you know and canada's hung out the longest for sure and now they're i'm sure there's more coming down the line i'm sure we're gonna see more talk about the climate and all this other stuff oh, but yeah now you got so many people who are paying more attention. Yeah, um, exactly. And you know, like there's talk of taking down the media and, you know, defunding CBC and awesome. like, not, not that I put all my faith into the government or Pierre Polyev or the conservative no, party or no. anything. I, I, I'm, I'm not all about that, but these are the baby steps that need to happen in order for the masses, right? Like there are some things that are only going to happen at that level. I would love to see Pierre Polyev become the prime minister and defund the CBC. Like, let's go, right? I'm not, he's not saving us, but these things can't happen just with us alone. There, it needs to be um, the masses. So yeah, uh, yeah. I see it happening slowly, but surely. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're past the point of pitchforks and torches. Like we, we have to, it has to, we have to play their stupid game a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, Sunit, I know you've got a family that you probably want to get back to <laughs> and yeah. That's okay. I blocked this I time can, off I for you I can bash guys. the government forever. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, again, thank you so much for all you're doing. Um, is, and is there anywhere, anything you want to tell our audience? Like obviously I'll put 
all your contact in the show notes, like link your Instagram and your website. Is there anything else you want to say before we end? No, I think just, you know, this project that I'm involved with, with this to my heart. And I always say people say to people, I've been sharing like, you know, for a couple of years now, and I don't put my name to anything yeah. unless I really believe in it. So if you hear me selling something or pitching something, it's because I really believe in it. So I just hope that once the chariot is up and running, I would love for people to get involved somehow. But, you know, if you can support financially, like we're going to be looking for donations, we have big awesome. goals. Um, so yeah, if you put my, you know, you can put my um, www.theholylife.com that is a, just a landing page for just, it's just an email list that I've had going for a while. I, I hardly ever use it, but I'm going to use that email list to let people know when the charity's gone uh, up and running so that, um, you know, people can get involved however they wish to. So if anybody wants to sign up for awesome. my email list, that would be amazing. And then of course, yeah, you can come to my Instagram page and Cool. And enjoy, enjoy all your, your content because <laughs> sometimes it's freaking hilarious too. <laughs> I laugh my ass off. Yeah. I try to, you know, it's like, it, it, I, I was that, like, I was so rage filled the first little bit. I was like, what is happening and how come nobody sees it? Yeah. And it was like, you know, I, I think I myself was going through that, that dark night of the soul that you yeah. people go through, right? Like I was unraveling our business was shut down. Like we have a wellness uh, practice. My husband's a chiropractor. So we have two locations that were shut down during that time. And yeah. it really affected us in so many ways. And I just couldn't believe that there were people who just didn't question anything like yeah. wow. and it made me mad so that first like I would say November March to November I was just like unraveling just like always like how come nobody's awake and then I finally kind of came out on the other side and um now lately just it's been like I just I have hope but I know when the trucker convoy happened so many people came out of the woodwork yes. that we yeah. never would have even known existed. Yes. Yeah, totally. And that's when a lot of people started finding my account. And Trudeau was just being such a prick at that time. It was just so easy to pick on him. Yeah. And I realized <laughs> that, you know, we need more of that too. We need the humor. Yeah. Um, everybody loves to take a little dig at him, right? So yeah. <laughs> I think I think we have to just... Humor is so important. Light is so important, right? We have to keep that going too. So I always, people are like, oh, how do you, you know, how do you find joy during this time? Or how do you laugh? And I'm like, cause I already had my really crazy dark time. Like yeah. I know everybody has to go through that too. So if you're, if you're new to this, yeah. you're just figuring it out. Be mad, be yeah. upset, cry, totally. get pissed off, go down the rabbit hole, watch the stuff that's disturbing to watch. Like yeah. do it all. Do it. And then come out on the other side and become empowered. Like, I love what you guys are doing, like sharing how to like not need anybody, right? Yeah. Be self-sufficient. And um, and if you can't be, then make friends with people who totally. are. Exactly. We've got like, a big you know, garden. Like, yeah. That's our yeah. plan. Yeah. Like, yeah, we like, need food, we'll, we'll provide the food. <laughs> exactly, right? Like I always say, like we're into holistic health and wellness. Like if somebody's got a sick child, like, Maybe, you know, I'm not saying I'm a doctor or anything, but maybe reach out to me. Maybe I have like a natural remedy for you or, totally. you know, yeah. like tap into your community because it's amazing. Like when you look at all the skill sets people have, 
everybody brings something different to the table. Everyone can contribute in some way. So like that old school kind of barter system, like there's nothing wrong with that. You know, hey, you provide me some eggs and maybe like I'll teach your kids one day a week or whatever. There's the possibilities are endless. We just have to start being creative. And like I said, I just hold hope for that, like that sovereign world that's coming i know it's a ways away but the only way we're going to get through it is just love and laughter too so totally and i think with having kids like it's i can't remember the quote exactly but the we don't plant the tree for us to enjoy the shade it's like we're planting the tree for our kids and their kids and yeah just like they're our kids like your kids and our kids are going to be amazing human beings as they get older and they're going to be the leaders in this in this who knows what this new world's going to look like but we just got to stay strong for them i think so too and and that's why i always to say to people who are raising kids right now have those conversations with them like i'm not a fan of these virtue signaling holidays and black lives matter and all that stuff i really want my kids to understand there's been atrocities that have happened they're not your fault they're yeah. not my fault. They have yeah. nothing to do with you, but you need to know that these things have happened so that as you grow, you can make sure they never happen again. Yes. yes. You know, exactly. and some people don't want to talk about that stuff with their kids because it's too sensitive. But I think empower your kids at Definitely. an age appropriate way so that when they're 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old, you're not suddenly starting to have a conversation with them that's completely foreign to them. Yeah, right? exactly. Like you need to, like you talk to my kids right now and they'd be like, Justin Trudeau's an idiot. Like they, 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 they call him like, Lino. <laughs> yeah, like they they know, right? Even just the, the child that was taken away from his mom. Like I, you know, I didn't want to scare them, but I was like, there's, I said, that's not gonna happen with you guys. But this is why mommy says we don't talk about our private medical information. Right. Mom is in charge. You know, mom and dad are in charge. We don't t- tell other people how we live mm-hmm. because not everyone agrees with the way we live. And yeah. the government can step in and, and do whatever they want. And we need to make sure that we help this mom. And then we're going to make change so this can never happen to anybody else. Yes. So I always try to make them feel empowered. Like we're working towards change so that you guys never have to worry about this Love stuff. That. But I really want people to always be having those conversations with their kids because I think a lot of times people just bear that burden themselves and they hide it from their kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it's like your kid's like a teenager and they have no clue. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You think you could like, you always want to take your kid's pain and, and, and take it from them so that they don't have to feel it, but you're, you're really doing them a disservice by doing that. Yeah. Like I never, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't talk in detail with my kids about the residential schools or what was done to the kids there. I I think that's a little too heavy, but it's okay to say like the people who first found this land were mistreated by our governments. And this, you know, there's, you know, there's some, still some places in Canada where you can't get clean drinking water. Like I think it's okay to teach them little bits and pieces of, of what's going on so that they understand. Um, Because if you don't, guess what? That's exactly this generation of people. Mm. Like I've had uh, girls in their twenties message me and be like, I didn't even know what the Holocaust was. I had to Google it. They wow. never learned about it in school. Wow. Oh, World like, War II. If you don't educate your kids about certain things, somebody else will miseducate them about them. Exactly. Somebody else is going to do it in their own way. Yeah. And the education they're getting in schools now, trust me, that's not education. That's indoctrination at the highest level. 
Like, do you guys remember being in school and knowing anything about your teacher's personal life? No, not at all. All I knew was if it was Mrs., she was married. If it yeah. was Miss, she wasn't married. And if it was Ms., she didn't want anyone to know. Yeah. Like, whether she was yeah. married or not. That's all I knew. They never talked about, like, you know, I was always fascinated, like, by their private, like, did, I wonder if they have kids and what's she like at home. And, yeah. you know, yeah. they, that was just not a thing. And now we got kids who are like, oh, this teacher used to be a man and is a woman and this they're talking about their private life whether they're gay or it's like live your life you don't yeah. need to tell the kids about no, it exactly why is it any different it doesn't matter what your sexual yeah. preference is or how you identify Ooh. like that stuff doesn't really belong in school like i i love everybody i have gay friends i know people in the trans community yeah. i have no judgment no like i love everyone equally but once you start to throw this in our kids faces stuff they're too it's young grooming. to even yeah. comprehend Telling and kids. and to be honest with you my gay friends think this think this is all crazy too like yeah. they don't agree with yeah. any Same of with this me. So yeah they think i don't i don't think it has thing. anything to do with like your sexual preference there really is just another agenda play here that some people well, are a part of i was just talking to jamie this morning um about the fall of rome and when the fall of rome happened one of the things they did was gender con or confuse everybody and get their uh, as soon as your gender is confused, you no longer can think of a free thought because you're so not in alignment with who you are anymore. And so if they mass uh, or do this over the masses, get everyone to be gender confused, then it's easy to collapse society. Oh, absolutely. Think of, think back to puberty, and that's such a crazy, confusing time totally. anyway. Your yeah, body's absolutely. changing. You're Maybe you're being bullied at school. You're yeah. worried about what everybody else thinks. Like, that is such a sensitive time for totally. children. Like, it was for me, right? It was for me, too. Yeah, absolutely. And it is for everybody. Now I imagine having a question your gender or your sexual preference at that yeah. age. Like, you are not even emotionally mature enough and you throw that in there and now you got you got kids who are so so confused and mentally like yeah it's like a it's like a mental warfare almost it is yeah, absolutely it is, it is. yeah you just gotta yeah. keep your kids out of that out of that place completely. totally completely out yeah yeah <laughs> like yeah and i recognize not everyone can pull their kids and, and homeschool them i'm a big advocate for it at the very least to do it in the early formative years so that you totally. can get them a strong sense like i always say you know what if, if at some point they want to go back to school i'm cool with it but i need to know first that in their formative years i built some really strong kids who will look at the craziness happening and be like, you guys are crazy. Yeah. And yeah. not get sucked into that and feel yeah. like they have to play along. You, yeah. you equip them with a good bullshit detector. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and a strong sense of self. Yeah. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with if you've got kids in the system. Also, it, it gives you a chance to be a part of the system. Totally. You yeah. know, I always say, if my kids decide that they want to go back to school, school and I I want to do that then I'm going to get involved somehow 100% word or the you know whatever you'll be at we need all hands on deck right yeah, we do. So we really you do. can make a little bit of a um we we need to make impact I saw a news headline the other day because you know I think in BC right now they're having like the municipal elections yeah like school board trustees and stuff like yeah. that yeah there was a mainstream media headline got this it went something like this um that there's 
that there's an alarming amount of right-wing extremists trying to take over these council positions. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> like they, the agenda is just so out there now. It's yeah, like it really anyone is. who doesn't see it is just going to believe that. Like, oh, we got right. Oh yeah, right-wing extremists, moms who just want to raise healthy kids yeah. and are getting involved with the school board. Yeah, she's a right-wing extremist. Yeah. Like. You know, like they're doing everything they can to uh, now affect voting. Like what happened to unbiased journalism? It's gone. It's gone. Like I'm a right wing extremist. I'm racist. I'm yeah. misogynist. Like they use these words. Totally. They don't even real. Like I just think that kind of stuff is so it's so obvious what they're doing. But and but we need more of us. We need more of us to get involved at those levels. Yeah. And it's dangerous. It's so dangerous to use those words. I I laugh because like you're not even white and you're called (laughs) you're getting called like oh uh, racist. And you had you had my dad on his podcast. You had my dad on your podcast after he got canceled and he's Japanese and got canceled and was being called a white supremacist. And yeah, that's the craziest part about it. Right. It's like you're talking about women. You're talking about people of color. Like, you know, like when they when the trucker convoy happened, they were trying to say um, that it was primarily Russians who were funding it. (laughs) I'm like, no, it was like little people like me and you and, you know, women and people of color. And no, because we're sick of your BS. Like, it's just, it's so insane, but it's happening. So if it's happening, then it's like, okay, we need more of us then. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So let's, let's see what happens. It's going to be an interesting fall and winter and year to come, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. Hunker down. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. get prepared for a winter of what did they say last year? Uh, dark, dark winter. winter. A dark winter of death. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and sickness. Death, death and sickness for the unvaccinated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're <laughs> going into our third one. So I better get ready. Yeah, yeah. I better get ready. The healthiest <laughs> we've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, we should go yeah, we about should our kids, going. but yeah. uh, thank you, Sunny. You're yeah, amazing. Awesome. Honestly, amazing. I'm so Thanks glad for that having me on guys. I'm yeah. so glad that you're on, uh, you're using your voice and you're, you're on the right wing. Sub- I mean. <laughs> <laughs> A right wing extremist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Very thankful for people like you though. For yeah. Sure. Well, I'm thankful for people like you and you guys spreading the word in your own way and your podcasts and all the cool stuff you share about what you're doing with your homestead. So thank you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll keep in touch and um, tell the family hello from us. Yeah, (laughs) I will. All right, guys. Okay. Take take care. care. Bye. Bye. Bye.